Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Daniel Shrewsbury Jr. And before you speak, Darren, I'd like to make a bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, I usually have a full-fledged microphone that I'm using, and uh, I have to connect it with using a dongle to my iPhone. Well, I kind of lost the dongle. I know where it is. I just don't have it. So... Um, I'm using just stock regular headphones. So if my end doesn't sound great, that's why. But Darren, I expect you to take up the uh, take up my slack for the good qu- <laughs> good sounding audio. Alrighty, I shall try. <laughs> Let's start with this. The Patriots well they patrioted. Bill Belichick did his thing. And as usual, it confused the hell out of everyone. Uh Let's start with the, the the what we're talking about here is the roster cut down. We're recording this on Thursday, August thirty first. Tomorrow is September. How yep. crazy is that? We're finally in the Burr months, which means if you're Sheldon Cooper, you can drink hot chocolate now. That's that's a that's an obscure Big Bang Theory joke that only I will I will remember, but it's still funny. Um, anyway, so. On Tuesday, on Tuesday was the cut-down day. I had to get to 53, 53 on the active roster, and then, like, how was it, 14 or so on the practice squad now? Uh, 14 or 15? I think it's 15. Okay, 15. Either way, it's a lot more than it used to be. Uh, so, I think it used to be, like, 7. So, it's twice as big. Um, so, in order to maximize roster spots and other players and other positions, they waived both Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, cut Trace McSorley. And this is what I take issue with, although it worked out. And I guess Bill, knew, I mean, obviously, Bill knows a lot more than I ever will know. He's forgotten more about football than I'll ever come close <clears> to knowing. <throat> but it, it seemed to me, and I want to know if you agree with this, that it seemed kind of irresponsible almost or reckless to put your backup quarterback situation in the hands of the rest of the league, keeping their paws off. Mm-hmm. You've got 31 other teams making cuts. And I don't think anyone really thought that Zappy or Malik Cunningham, maybe Malik Cunningham, I don't think anyone thought Zappy was going to be on the waiver on the waiver wire. But someone had to some, at least have the discussion. What do you want to go get him? I really I don't like those both both your backup options being floated out there like this. Even if it does help the team in the long run by having guys available in other spots in the roster. And we'll get to mm-hmm. what other things happen. But let's talk about the quarterbacks first. What did you think? Yeah, just overall confusing. I I, I was like my 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 thought and my thought the whole time and even just even now I still question is what exactly would they have stood to gain other than popping them on the, the, the practice squad I mean I, I I don't know how the the system works but if you intended to put place them on the practice squad could they not have just done that I mean I, I don't know but um, it, it's it, it it is kind of reckless. I mean, I agree. I don't believe that it was really that serious of a of a threat for them to get picked up by another team, especially when so many other uh, quarterbacks have been cut and gotten rid of, and who had much better performances over the preseason. Uh, 
than than those two. Well, Greer being one of them. Yeah. Um, where it was that much of a threat, but like you said, there are thirty one other teams, and we don't know what all we we don't know what any of them were thinking. Because Zappy at least has starting experience. And starting experience, albeit two, three games worth, oh, uh, that's still experience. It's more than the Cardinals quarterback group has. Now, granted, I think the Cardinals are trying to tank. I really do. <laughs> we'll, we can get into that a little bit later because I actually want to have that discussion with you. But even though I didn't put the rundown, I apologize for that. But um, th- it's more than the Cardinals have. So if you're looking at it like that, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. But then to go through all of that, no, knowing damn well that, like, I, I, I don't, I won't even accept the the argument of freeing up roster spots given what just happened and what you know damn well they knew was going to happen. Of, oh well, we have players going on injured reserve, Tyquan Thornton, and then picking up a fourth quarterback to fill the roster slot. <laughs> yeah. One that that just got cut from the Carolina Panthers. Matt Corral, in case you're wondering. Former Ole Miss quarterback. And I don't know a dang thing about him other than former Ole Miss quarterback. And I guess he played for Lane Kiffin. That's all you know. And I guess what he was uh he was a rookie, isn't he? Was Uh, he uh yes. It was the second year. Yeah. So Yeah, he was second year because he was kinda like the he wasn't the number one overall pick obviously Mm -hmm. last year, but he was viewed as the he could be the sneaky savior of the franchise and look what that happened. Yeah. yeah just, so nope. they go through all that crap to pick up a guy who couldn't make it on a Carolina Panthers thing behind an, uh, Andy Dalton. And, and that's not disrespect to Andy Dalton, but he's clearly seen his best days. And a rookie quarterback who, yes, I know is the uh, where he was picked up, but still. Like... It doesn't. It just. It doesn't make sense to go through all of that stuff, to then pick up somebody else who now has no knowledge of the system, to then fight for the number two spot, or apparently is put on is actually on the fifty-three man roster at this moment. It just. I. I see him. I personally see him gone within two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I really can't. Because here's the thing. Either he takes that job and all he did was just uh, eat up extra uh, practice squad spots. Like, I would keep Malik Cunningham on the practice squad myself because I think he's valuable in terms of replicating an NFL offense outside of what the Patriots run. I do. But uh, Zappy, I think, should be on the active roster. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. And I really – I don't believe Matt Corral is the answer at the backup yeah. quarterback position. <laughs> Let, so let, at the same time, it's like, okay, um, yeah, I just, I don't get it. The, the other important part about him is he's coming off of a Les Frank surgery. The same thing that uh, Cam, Newton. Cam Newton dealt with and came off of when then he, you know, came to the, the Patriots. And by um, the way, Corral blew his ACL out in his last game at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And when he was drafted, he didn't do the combine because he was still recovering from it. He's injury prone. Not the guy you want as a backup quarterback because guess what? The backup goes down. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen that in New England, right? Brady was suspended. Garoppolo went down. Jacoby Brissett came in and won the game against the Texans on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. 
we we know this can happen. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all of is it is it literally what happened that got Zappy into the into the rotation last year. That's true. Jones was already down. Uh, uh, Hoyo gets conked immediately, and then it's Zappy's turn to, to nearly win the win the game. <laughs> win the game, yeah. He went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers and Lambo. Yeah. So obviously there will always be stuff that coaches see at practice that we never see on the field on preseason. And, uh, but it's like, is there really that significant of a gap now after, uh, uh, to say, well, neither of them are, are worth keeping. Let's bring in someone else who has no idea of the system. Who's also coming off of a, off of two pretty serious injuries pretty much back to back. Like I, I don't, I don't know why. I, I just don't know why. Like, it, the, these are the things that start that, that fuel the, uh, the, the talking head journalists that just go, Oh, he's, he's, he's now just trying to tank or now he's definitely lost his spark. But when that stuff starts happening consistently, the fan base starts getting confused too. Because not a single person in the comments will, had anything good to say about it. In fact, most of the, most of them were saying, "Why didn't you get rid of Jones?" Which I still think is freaking stupid. But like, you're asking a Patriots fan <laughs> to be reasonable. That's not yeah. happening. Except for like, you but and at me. the same time, they were all still like, "Why are you getting rid of these two? <laughs> they had different reasons for asking, but they were still asking. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And and I'm not sold that they that. Cuttingham would have been that massive to keep, but at the same time, I'm like, well, he has, he clearly has some, some skill, and they, so I have nothing against keeping him. He's as, a practice squad as, guy for me. Yeah. I mean, I said it, I said it a few weeks ago. He can replicate what most NFL offenses are trying to do now. Mm -hmm. Keep him there, and if you know, it might, here's the thing. So you're not going to be Lamar Jackson. You're not going to be Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to be Russell Wilson. But if you can be somewhat like them and give me an idea of what to look for offensively, that's invaluable. That's why the practice squad is there. That's the entire point of the practice squad. Mm -hmm. Plus, Cunningham went to Louisville. Yeah. So, I mean, that <laughs> there's that. Yeah. But then again, that's like saying oh, who – Who's a bad Michigan quarter? Chad Henney went to Michigan. So did Tom Brady. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 also true. No discipline, Chad Henney, though. Good professional quarterback. One, one, two, one, two games with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, there was even brief talk or chattel, rather. I'll call it chattel because I don't know if it was actually serious that they, they were uh, toying with Malik you know, converting to a receiver or into that type of role. Um, because I guess he did catch a couple passes in one of the games. Um, but I'm like, you know, we've seen, we've seen that happen before and look how it turned out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Something about those quarterbacks going to receivers, man. Thing is, wasn't he drafted too high for that? Eh. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what he was drafted. He wasn't like a six-round, seven-round yeah. pick, so I don't know. So, anyway, 
the other part of the roster here, speaking of offensive guys and, and, and conversions and whatnot, uh, there's only two running backs on the active roster. Uh-huh. Also worrying. For, for us talking about mainly you, talking about how deep the, the running back room is, uh, that's an empty room right now. Yeah, it's empty it now. Is, uh, is there a – are you concerned about that? I'm always concerned when, when because there's, there's always been kind of like that third – guy to cycle in you know whether it's you've got James White the receiving back you have um, uh, guys like Stevenson being the big power uh, backs and then you've got the other guy who kind of slots in as a third down back or something um, depending on the situation and now you've pretty much got two in terms of style generally the same they're both they both got power they can both catch the ball if necessary but where's the third down guy we've also got breaking news the Patriots have signed uh, Jalen Rigger to the practice squad hmm. and Minnesota was trying to get trade uh, stuff from him and they, they just cut him yeah, this cut so, bone and, and Pat's just picked him up for free. You should yeah. take it. <laughs> to your point about the like, Ty Montgomery could be that third guy. He's on the practice squad right now. Mm-hmm. This practice, the Patriots practice squad could beat pretty much anyone else's backup offense. <laughs> Kevin Harris is another uh, is another running back on the practice squad. Yeah, he is. So. You've got depth there. James Ferentz, the center, also on the practice squad. Damn, the practice squad is good. And this is really... Mm. Anyway, but yes, you're right. Uh, to have... The, to have... Uh, to have two backs of basically the same milk. Someone's going to get promoted from the practice squad, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost got to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with... With... with um, I mean, you, you've got... Two, we got two receivers on IR right now: Tyquan Thornton and Trey Nixon. Yeah. So, and then, whoever comes back first gets the free spot. Mm-hmm. One to zero. This is so weird. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. we know we know what to expect, but at the same time, we also yeah. never do. Plus the fact that Folk was traded yeah, to Tennessee let's get into that. again. Another good Patriots kicker traded they, directly to they, Tennessee. Did they trade Gostowski or did they just cut him and he signed there? Uh, I don't remember. Actually, I think Gostowski might have been cut. But either way, to go straight to Tennessee, two in a row, what in the hell? That is true. Um, Mike Brabel loves Patriots kickers, man. Yeah, but heck, if you – if we know how good folk is, so they're not getting a bad kicker. But if a rookie beat him out, then I'm freaking well, excited. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's have that discussion. Okay, let's think about this. They tr- didn't they trade up to get him, or they tried to get the punter. They did trade up to get uh, to get Ryland, I believe. Okay, so but they drafted him before the seventh. They drafted a kicker in like the fourth round. That never happens. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the kid has talent. He's got a leg. Now it's just about, okay, I, I really want to know what it is. 
But at the same time, part of me goes, hmm, okay. I don't think Bill would do this, but at the same time, you all, I talked about this last week, I think. How there's always, like, the higher you are picked, the more, like, they, they have to work out. I can't just cut a third-round draft pick. I have to give them a year or two to figure it out. Yeah. I can cut a seventh-round draft pick. No one cares. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I don't know what to make of it, but he better be good. <laughs> Apparently, he's got a massive leg. Okay, that's good. So, I'll take that. <laughs> if this if the game against the Eagles comes down to a, like a late field goal, if he misses, God help him. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm look just up saying, his. Uh, I don't uh, want to speak it into existence, but I'm just saying if he misses, oh I'm God look up help his him. Stacks at, at Maryland, uh, college career. Do, 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 do. Oh well, okay. Well, it doesn't have his. Oh, I, I guess there are no stats on. <laughs> He was at Eastern Michigan from 18 to 21 and then Maryland for 22, but he, they don't have any stats on Wiki. Mm. I'm trying to see if I could find uh, another. Oh, uh, Ryland transferred to Maryland in 22, finishing with Eastern Michigan as the all-time leading score with 309. And he was 19 of 23 and three for six over 50 last year with Maryland. That's not bad. I mean, that, that's really not. For mm-hmm. a college kicker, that's that's not bad. And then let's see. Uh, as a true freshman, he was 12 of 20. Um, sophomore year, he was 14 of 19. And COVID shortened the other season, of course. But he was 11 for 13 on that. And then 19 of 22. Okay, so... Relatively solid He's in solid. the in the, in the accuracy, um, boring some freshman wobbles, but that you know, that, okay, you, you can only you can only expect so much on that, right? I mean, it's that's that's a even if, I don't care what high school you came out of, it's a big jump from high school to college, mm-hmm. and it just is. So, I can forgive a freshman wobble. And just, as long as you get better, I'm fine. Pat McAfee wasn't perfect when he walked into Morgantown. Hmm. He's still the great. He's still he and Bill McKenzie like the greatest kickers West Virginia ever had, and one of them made a kick against Pitt, and the other one missed two kicks against Pitt. <laughs> but still, damn good kicker. No matter how much people wanted to wanted to unalive him afterwards. Yep. Speaking of weird roster moves, the 49ers traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. I have two. I I have three words for you, Darren. I say four. What the actual hell? Lots and lots of drugs. Actually, you know <laughs> what? I'm just gonna put it down to dementia. Jerry Are you calling Jones Jerry Jones a senile old man? Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay. we've all thought it for quite a while now. <laughs> uh, I mean, what was it? What did they give up? A what was a fourth rounder? Something like that. Uh, what? <laughs> You're giving a fourth rounder to a guy coming off of an injury who could, who then could not beat out Brock Purdy, which Brock Purdy, again, I believe, deserved that starting role anyway. And, uh, well, who's, whoever's name I just forgot was even Sam on the after that. Yeah, Mr. I Saw Ghosts. Um so now you just get to ride the bench behind Dak Prescott. 
Well, Congratulations, I guess. See, here's the thing. I, there's there was a quote that got said like on Saturday or something like that after the <clears> trade <throat> went down, that I think actually kind of lends a a, um, a a good bit of uh, information as to why the trade happened. Jerry Jones said that had Jalen Hurts been available to the Cowboys later on in that draft, they would have taken him. They were looking. They would have taken Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think Trey Lance is a very much less polished skill, but has the same skill set as Jalen Hurts. And I, I say I think. I have eyes. I can see it. So, to me, yeah, you just paid Dak a good bit of money, but I, I don't get the sense that they are in love with Dak Prescott right now. And I think they're getting tired of having uh, – of having – continually to lose in the playoffs. Now, I don't think Trey Lance is the answer for that, but the fact mm-hmm. that you would have at least taken, at, at least you say now, you were taking Jalen Hurts in that draft. Then you go and trade for a for another person who has basically the same skill set around the same age. I, I, I don't know. I kind of think Jerry's cooking up something. I don't know what, but he's got something brewing. It's very interesting, but I don't know. Being the Cowboys, it just, I just don't expect it to get them anywhere further. Yeah, and this may be some like five year plan, but <laughs> who knows at this point? Yeah. At, at this point, I wonder if Mike McCarthy's even going to be the head coach next year. If they, if he's he's calling plays this year, that doesn't go well. Uh. Ugh. It could yeah. be bad. Now, to the Arizona Cardinals. In the thing that I didn't put in the rundown, but I think will be a really good discussion, so I'm going to put it in last second. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to miss the first four games of the year on the PUP list. Mm-hmm. They cut Colt McCoy. They're down to two absolute no-names as their quarterbacks right now. Yeah. To the point where I'm not even going to bother looking up their names because I truly don't care. <laughs> so... How people think they're going to tank for Jalen? They're tanking for Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, the Heisman winner. Is that a good move? And I'm pretty sure you and I, I'm pretty sure you and I will take, uh, take vastly different approaches to this. But that's why it's so good. Is it a good idea to tank if the Cardinals are in fact tanking? I mean, one that's giving the big assumption that he's going to even be able to replicate. The the Heisman campaign, which I still was confused History that he even won the no. Heisman. Yeah, I'm st- I was still confused that he even won the Heisman to begin with. So I'll just throw out I'll, I'll just. I think I said that at the time. Um, both did, but frankly, I want to say you put all this time and and effort, but. That's also what you call a wonderful thing called the sunken cost fallacy. Um, so, do explain. So the sunken cost fallacy is literally using the logic of, well, I've put all this time and effort and money or whatever, something that holds value into it, so I should just keep going with it, um, despite it working out or not. Uh, and in the case of Kalamui, they've put in, well, they put in a giant freaking contract, and the... <laughs> all the shenanigans that went on before last season um, into all of it. But um, honestly, I 
don't see it it, it, it. it hasn't gotten them anywhere at all. And I don't see that changing either. So mm-hmm. why not? Well, it's not the first time they tanked. They tanked for they tanked for Josh Rosen. That failed. They say then they yeah. tanked for Kyler, and look where that got him. So yeah. it's not like they have done it. Before. It's like they've 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 got effectively nothing to show for it. Um, the tanking, if you know, it's just why at this point? But I'm also just here to laugh at them, so I'm fine with that too. True. Here's uh, why they. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, just, just crazy to think about. Honestly, here's why they should. This is the new worst organization in the NFL, over the Commanders and the Browns. I saw something the other day that basically said, and it was an agent saying he had clients that wanted to go there, and a lot of the people who were there that his client knew said, "Yeah, don't come here." It's a bad spot. There's allegations against the owner. They just changed GM. They changed their coach. It's a it's a mess. Just save yourself the trouble and don't even bother coming here. And on the, the two sides of this, here's why I don't think they should do it. Because remember when the Dolphins were just accused of tanking last year with mm-hmm. no actual evidence to suggest they actually did? And look yeah. what that got him. It got him the head coach fired. It got the organization fined and draft picks taken away and the owner banned for like half the season. Do you really want that on top of the absolute dumpster fire that is this organization now? And if your answer is anything but no, you're wrong. Like, no. You, here's the thing. And there, I don't remember, I don't know what the allegations are against the owner, but I'm going to assume they're not good. I don't really want to have that coming to light uh, in the midst of a tanking investigation. Mm-hmm. So it's best for the Cardinals to buck up and go find a quarterback. Yeah. Even if you here, and here's the thing: this may not work, right? You may want to tank, and you may end up going. Four and thirteen. Someone else goes three and fourteen, and they need a quarterback. Guess what? You did all that for nothing. Mm-hmm. So you can't guarantee someone's not trying to play the same game, or is just that bad to begin with. No, you can't. It's a very, it's a, honestly, it's a very stupid game to play. But at the same time, you might make the case. I'm. I don't believe this, but one can make the case. Well, it's already a dumpster fire anyway. What the hell else? What like what an NFL tanking investigation isn't really going to change anything. We're still going to have allegations against the owner. We might ruin the rookie head coach's career, but we don't care about that. Yeah. It's fine. Let's let you know if they if they go like zero and seventeen, they're mm-hmm. firing the rookie head coach. He yeah. gets that blemish on his resume, and he may not get a chance to coach in this league again. And the other thing is with how with how quickly things turned around. Like with the the Miami allegations and things of that sort, you very well could tank, and because people are already already may, maybe you know keeping their eyes wider open than they had been, you might get uh, get uh, caught red-handed and lose the draft picks you were trying to tank for anyway. Exactly. Like and I really. I don't know what their end game. I know what the end game is here, but yeah. like, why are you trying to play the game? Mm-hmm. 
when 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 things are happening this frequently and it's got people asking this question that frequently you as the league maybe needs need to actually look into it a lot more and maybe take things a little more seriously with these well the nfl it, basically said they will and i sure hope they 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 remain true to that um because it, it it's it's starting to get to be a ridiculous thing to see. You make these blatantly obvious, stupid choices, and and in what scenario have we seen it actually work out for the team making those choices? The twenty twenty one Atlanta Braves. <laughs> There's your answer. Uh, well, the that'll work. Chicago um, Cubs. How how about NFL terms? I can't mm. think of one. I can't either. I, I mean, can't... I guess if you want to say the Colts sucking for luck, they got Andrew Luck and they got su- – I mean, they were good. They got to the AFC Championship game. But they, they got didn't win them anything. They, they got a participation banner is what they got. And they, that they gave the them, that they gave That they gave themselves. Yes. <laughs> and they also cost the flight gate. So that team will always be remembered even though it got blown out in the AFC Championship <laughs> game. Ah. Uh. I tell you what, Andrew Luck was fun as hell to watch play. Oh yeah, he was. Anyone, anyone dissing him really needs to go back and reevaluate things. That he 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 will be forgotten for the most part, except for people who watched him play. But he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And he may have been the smartest person in the NFL. Maybe, just maybe. Let's move on to some to a game we will hopefully forget as soon as it's played. West Virginia goes to Penn State, and unlike most season openers, which are viewed with excitement, I am dreading this game because mm-hmm. I know it's going to happen. West Virginia is going to get manhandled at Penn State. Let me tell you what happened the last time West Virginia played in this stadium. It was October 26, 1991, and neither of us was even thought about yet. But I don't even think my parents had met yet. If they had, they had just met. West Virginia went up to Penn State, the number eight ranked B- uh, Nittany Lions, who are ranked number seven in this, uh, in this poll right now. So a very similar situation. And promptly lost 51 to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know they were actually even like, Opened it up for this. I was like, whoa, uh, yeah, I already thought they were getting creamed. Now I really think, like, like, at least I feel worse about coming into this game than I do when we played Alabama back in 2014. That's saying something. Yeah. Because that was right in the heart of Bama just steamrolling everyone. Yeah. And that was before Georgia rose up. And they only lost by 10 points that day. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, in the, in the grand scheme of Alabama football, they gave them a run for their money. Yeah. And I think almost lost for that. Yeah, that, that, was a bona, that was a bona fide moral victory. Yeah. If that's the definition of a moral victory, you, you gave a team that you had no business fighting against a run for their money. Yeah. In Penn State, West Virginia is three and thirty-one all time. Hmm. And it's not it's not good. The times they have won in Happy Valley are as follows. 
West Virginia has not won a game at Penn State since. Let's find out. Uh, we're going to go back a lot for this. 1954. Oof. When the 14th-ranked Mountaineers beat the 9th-ranked Nittany Lions 19-14 in front of 32,321 at Beaver Field. I don't know if that's the same place, but they see 90, they see like a hundred and some thousand there now. Yeah. People are talking like, oh, what does West Virginia need to survive to beat Penn State? Why give me that hope? Mm -hmm. Just no. And just accept defeat. And I say that not jokingly. I am fully prepared for West Virginia to get embarrassed on national TV. Mm Mm-hmm. We are the 7.30. We are the beginning of NBC's Big Ten coverage. The Big Ten, in signing a new TV deal, gave CBS like the, the afternoon games, and NBC has the Saturday night 7.30 games competing right with ABC's games. Uh, we are the big deal game on NBC, and we're going to get murdered on NBC. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, and both quarterbacks are sophomores, and their quarterbacks making his first career start. But here's the difference: their defense is a lot better yeah. than ours. Yeah, it's like I, yeah, they definitely expect that to be the the defining factor. I mean, and here's I, the. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, I don't expect the quarterback play to be that big of a different, like that big of a game break. I definitely expect the defenses, uh, a pressure on them to be the difference. And I don't have, I don't, I can't even tell you a damn soul on that defense that's returning from last year. To be honest, I can't either. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Penn State's offense: their offensive line is really gone. They may only have like one or two returning starters up there. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I look at this, I go, okay. I I don't think this will happen, but this is the one chance I will give West Virginia. If you can start the first quarter by getting some pressures on the quarterback, I'm not even talking about getting sacks or like, – I'm talking about just getting in the quarterback's face. Making a kid making his first career so I actually feel it, if you can start the game out, the first quarter is vital here. Mm-hmm. If you can do that to start out with, I feel a little bit better about this game. However, if a young offensive line comes out and dominates you, then it's going to be a long night. That, to me, is cliche, but it's also true. Mm-hmm. The game is won and lost in the trenches, yeah. and if West Virginia starts out the game well, that probably swings things a little bit, but I don't think it swings yeah. enough to matter because that crowd is going to be as loud mm-hmm. as it can be. Oh, by the way, you know how legendary Penn State's whiteouts are? Mm-hmm. We're the whiteout this year. Yep. That's it. But And, and to, to add further add to the trenches there, there are two running backs com- are coming in with a combined 25 touchdowns and 2,500 yards from last year. And we have Donaldson. And we have Donaldson, who did pretty dang well, but... Yeah. 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 It's a different thing to go into a stadium where we pretty much took over half the damn place in Pittsburgh last year to Penn State on the road. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's not alternate alternative discussion, but we'll get back to the main game in a second. Isn't it so weird though? I mean, I I we obviously have grown up since we were younger when when Pat the days of Pat White and Geno Smith and things like that. We've obviously grown in that time. And in some cases, you become a lot more pessimistic. <laughs> Isn't it like, could you imagine being a kid in this instance, like following this? Now, granted, we were spoiled when we came up as kids mm-hmm. to have West Virginia being national. Like, we expected to be in the top five every single year. Yeah. And for the most part, at some point, we were. So we were spoiled. But now, kids growing up are like, oh, we can beat Penn State. And the adults are like, son. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I can break out the record book and I can show you why it's not going to happen. Isn't that just, it's, 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 I don't want to say weird because it's not, but at the same time, it just kind of hit me like, my God, how, how, how realistic have I become now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, then again, I can also see what this program has become since I was a kid. I don't like it. Exactly. So going back to the game, who do you think starts at quarterback? I still I still think it's Garrett Green. I think I think with with the the energy, the straight up energy he br- he he brought uh, last year that d- pretty much willed them to victory against Oklahoma. Um, I, I think that is. It's not going to win them the game, but if anything is is going to give them the shot to win that game, it's it's the fire that he puts under the under those guys, and uh, that might be giving them the best chance. Plus, he is a skilled player. We haven't got to see enough of it, but he he got there. out there and made moves. He made plays, and he looked like he had some maturity to him. That you didn't, that you didn't, you know, otherwise get to see that he had. So, if the, if, he, if there's a guy you want to be putting in front of a hundred thousand people, it's him, not some, uh, not not some guy behind him who has basically not stepped foot on the field at all and has certainly not started. He was on the field against Oklahoma State last year. Hmm. So to say he wasn't, but just just a factual, just a clerical thing. I have to be facetious. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I I think it's that, and not only do I think that he's gonna get the start, but I don't. I take somewhat issue with the fact that Neil Brown is playing and like, oh my God, there's some massive uh, competition here. And maybe a little more legitimate, sure, than it was last year with uh, JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I wouldn't have a hard time believing that he. I just, I don't, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Neil, um, Neil, what am I talking about? Um, for, wait, what? Oh, okay. I'm looking in the wrong place. I'm on the WDUStats.com. Uh, Garrett Green last year was 43 of 78 for 493 yards, five touchdowns, and I don't have an interception listing here, so I can't say if he threw a pick or not. I don't remember if he did, but actually, if he did, he threw one against Oklahoma, probably. Uh, 
Yeah, he had two against Kansas State and one against. Okay, so he had three, three last year. That's that's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's by no means enough sample size to go. Yeah. Okay, he is the guy that's going to save this football team. Yeah, but he is the undisputed starter. Yeah, At least and, he should and, be. and those are also stats he got with. Wait, Donaldson was out for this out at that point, right? He was, he was yeah, done for the season. Part. Yeah, it was it was the it was the rest of the running back. Rep. So he did that without without Donaldson, who was putting in a lot of work and taking off a lot of the pressure from Daniels at the time. So the time. I'm hoping that continues, and I also just hope that the rest of the running back core is able to put in some work. Because uh, I don't even know who's behind Donaldson. I like literally this team. I he, could not tell you a dang thing about who's on it. Well, he won't be like right behind Donaldson, but there's a kid from uh, from Independence. His name is Judah Price. He was the Kennedy Award winner last year <laughs> in uh, high school football. That's basically West Virginia high school football's Heisman. Mm-hmm. That's what the Kennedy Award is. Uh, Independence rolled the state. They won forty-two to seven in the state championship game. <laughs> They rolled everyone in. They rolled everyone in sight, and um, so my he he's down the depth chart for sure, but it could be uh, he. I hope he gets some time this year if he's ready. I don't want him to be rushed because he came from Independence. He's from Southern West Virginia. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But if he's fit, I want him out there. If. I'm looking at the game notes now to try to see if I can find anything uh, to indicate. Um, let's see. Is there a menu here? Yes, there is. Okay, great. Uh, hold on. I'm in the process of trying to find the depth chart for this week's game. The beauty of game notes is that they can be great and they also can be a curse. <laughs> As in, it can be a pain in the rear end to try to find stuff on it. Uh, okay. Preseason. Uh, Darren, talk while I do this. Uh, hmm. Let's see. God, this thing is buried so far down this depth <laughs> chart. Wait, I think I found it. I think I found it. I think. No, I just went to the roster. I didn't want the active roster. I want... Oh, I found the pronunciation guy. Great. Uh... Hmm. You know that West Virginia's top rushing mark was in 1923. They rushed for 596 yards against Washington and Lee University. My goodness. That's a uh, lot of yards. Oh, Lord. Now we got like <clears throat> 15,000 uh, names on the, the, the 95 players on the roster. <laughs> all the walk-ons you got before we even get to like a depth chart. Is this going to be it? No, that's going to be the stats from last year. Damn it, why can't we get a freaking depth chart? Is it that hard? I guess it is that hard. Uh, okay, let's try this again. But you can't find one online. You have to go on the, on the damn uh, de- uh, game notes. God, this thing can be so frustrating. Okay, unrelated, the NBC group uh, for broadcasting the game will be Noah Eagles, the play-by-play, Todd Blackledge as the analyst, and Catherine Tappen as the uh, as the uh, sideline reporter. 
Catherine Chapman, I know her. I don't know her personally, but I remember her from NBC Sports uh, NHL coverage. And I quite a, I, I, I thought I thought she was really good. So, and then Todd Blackledge used to work for ESPN. Now he works for NBC. And um, so yeah, no no depth chart as we can. That that's kind of sad. We have the whole roster. We don't have a damn depth chart. Okay, let's go back. I'm gonna find this damn thing. I'm gonna <laughs> find it. I'm gonna find it. Nope. Okay. So this actually brings me to my next point. Uh, uh, there's one. There's a depth chart in the in the preseason in the media guide, but it's like or this guy that's nothing definitive. Neil Brown was asked about that this week, and he basically said he's in favor of releasing a, of making it mandatory to release a new depth chart every week, but he won't do it first. He'll wait till someone else does it, and then he'll do it. Be be a leader, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Just be a damn leader. If you're actually in favor of it, do it. Don't just say words. Take actions. And I'm gonna tell you one thing: no one's gonna do it unless you're like, unless you get someone who's that cocky. Like, I don't care if you know who's playing or what we're doing. I'm, I'm still gonna beat you. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna do that, so it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Let's move on then. I, I, I was going to ask for prediction of the game, but I know you're, you're, we're both going to take a loss on this one. Yep. <laughs> we both know that. What predictions, though? I'm going to put you on the spot. And I don't, I, I know you, I will have probably a more uh, definitive answer than you, but I'm still going to put you on the spot anyway because I enjoy doing it. Who wins the Big 12? Hmm. Good question. I'm gonna. I'm, gonna, I'm honestly, it's either. I would say TCU, but I mean they lost Max Duggan, and I don't know who else they retained, but. Huh. I don't really know any. I don't really know what other team could possibly stand to fight it because we know dang well Texas isn't back, and we know Oklahoma's probably still going to flounder. So they're they're not. As far as I'm concerned, they're nothings in the Big Twelve. Um, I'm not entirely sure if the the newcomers will will make a a run for it this year. That would doesn't you, necessarily mean that they would. Won't. You like the preseason poll? Uh sure. Texas number one, Kansas State number two, Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, UCF, Kansas, Iowa State, BYU, Texas, Houston, Cincinnati, and West one. Virginia. I with forty one first place votes. I want one whatever drugs they're on. And two, I want to know who's paying them off because that's hilarious. I a truly, lot of people like Texas I to truly, do a lot of good things this year. They've wanted that for the last five years. So I don't care what they think. <laughs> they've been wrong every time. <laughs> 
But they have Arch Manning now. <laughs> but, but they're back. Ah, I'm sorry. I, I, Peyton Manning's wonderful don't, don't and Eli Manning what? is a quarterback. Um, but Archie Manning <laughs> is a freshman and I don't give a damn. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. That, that, that is great. That is great. Oh, that is that is fantastic. That that is great. Horns down forever. Yeah. But doesn't Texas deserve at least one good year before getting obliterated in the SEC? Nope. Okay, great answer. <laughs> they don't deserve squat. Uh. I'm taking Kansas State. For the simple reason that I refuse to pick Texas. And I don't believe Oklahoma's gonna be as good as everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're gonna be. I, I have zero reason to believe Oklahoma will. Um, and, you know, the, the, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with Kansas State. At yeah, all. you lose Deuce Vaughn, but they got to, let's not forget what Chris Kleiman did before he got here. He was the head coach in North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. He knows a thing or two about replacing guys and just reloading that rebuilding. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe he knows what he's doing and he will win. I'm really not convinced. I mean, I think the rest of it, like the top, is going to be amongst themselves. But Texas Tech at number four. I know a lot of people like the Red Raiders, but I, I'm under the I got to see it first <clears throat> uh, <throat> side of this. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just how I go. It like you know me. Like, I, if if I believe, like I've seen evidence, I'll support you every day. But mm-hmm. until I see it. I'm sorry, but I can't get behind it. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm really not that in love with Baylor at number number six either. Yeah, it. it well, it, let's see. I'm trying to remind myself of the of last year's standings. So I'm looking at it. So obviously TCU was at the top, but Kansas State won the tournament. Uh, the act not tournament, so the bowl game. Uh, yeah, conference, the conference championship, championship game. game. There we go. Um, but uh. To show it, it doesn't even show. Uh, it just has TCU on top. Um, granted, there was that one, what that dumb mistake, a dumb choice that pretty much lost TCU the game anyway. I think that that. Okay, so here's the here's the uh, Big Twelve record. <clears throat> Kansas State wins the league, so even though they had a seven and two conference record, they're listed on top because they won the conference championship game, which yeah. is fair. TCU went nine and zero in the Big Twelve last year. Went uh, thirteen and two overall. Mm-hmm. Can't say twelve and four. Then it was Texas at six and three. Texas and <clears throat> only listing conference record, mind you. Yes. Uh, Texas Tech five and four. Oklahoma State four and five. Baylor four and five. Oklahoma three and six. That's life at LU. Uh, Kansas three and six. West Virginia three and six. Iowa State one and eight. It was for all intents and purposes outside of TCU and Kansas State, a conference that was beating the crap out of each other. And that's what we expect this year, right? Yeah. Um, and I, it, it, yeah, it's really just about did the top guys retain enough to, to maintain or did the bottom guys close the gap? Uh, whatever small. Well, we know we didn't was. close the gap. We know we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I damn well don't believe Texas uh, improved enough to be considered 
the top. Um, uh, some, now, granted, we just went over how what you feel about this, but I am inclined. I ha- I have an obligation to remind you of this. <clears throat> there are those among the experts that have Texas making the college football playoff. <laughs> I'm just doing my duty as host. Yeah, yeah, and and I still laugh at them. Oh, I do too. But see, okay, <sighs> let's just look. Iowa State, I think, will be better because they showed some. They, they were competitive. They 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 lost a lot. Yeah. So, Kansas, I I really think Kansas can keep can keep moving forward. But again, they're in that. I gotta see it first. Mm-hmm. Right. If Kansas comes out and loses to whoever, they have Missouri State tomorrow. <clears throat> if Kansas loses that game, then I'm going to be a little bit concerned. But I think that's a program on an upward trajectory. Yeah. I mean, they I really had, do believe that they had quite a, like what did they start off as six like, and oh, I think. six and oh, yeah, or something like Five that. Or six, something and like that, yeah. Their, their they, quarterback they played was, TCU tough, yeah, and, and their quarterback was on fire. And then, of course, I think he got injured and uh, then they went on the yeah. downward spiral, but but they were so competitive, it was yeah. like they've got they've got a foundation there, mm-hmm. and so I, I really. I, they might win the most interesting team in this league award. They really might. Oklahoma will be better than three and six, but they're not going. They're not going to win the. They're not winning this conference. They're not. Mm-hmm. I would say Brent Venables is on the hot seat in, in Norman because of what he presided over last year. That team went six and seven and fell to the same league as West Virginia in terms of conference record. Mm-hmm. And lost in to Oklahoma, <laughs> and lost to West Virginia for the first time as a member of the Big Twelve Conference. Can't do it. If it doesn't improve, <clears throat> and they're not ranked in the top ten by the end of the year. He's gone. I'm just going to say it right now. They're going to re- they're going to be like, look, we're going to the SEC. We're not taking you with us. Get out of here. Mm. I think that's a that that's a a, a valid expectation, given Baylor, what Oklahoma's general standing is. Yes. Baylor, I, a lot of people are sold on Dave Aranda, and I just have mm. never been able to come around to him. I've, mm. I've never really been able to go, he is the next thing, and he's going to do great things here. I just I can't make myself back him like that. Mm. I have nothing against him, but I can't ever throw myself towards him. Yeah. Oklahoma State. I believe in Mike Gundy until I am given a reason to not believe in Mike Gundy. Honest to God. If Mike Gundy's doing something, I'm, I'm full on, let's go. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Texas Tech's head coach, I forgot his name. His first name was Joey, but I forgot what it's like. I think it's like Joey Sly or something. I got to look that up now. Because now it's going to drive me crazy. Texas Tech football coach. Joey McGuire. Why was I thinking Sly? Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people will like Texas Tech. and But, again, show it to me first. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, if they get off to yeah. a hot start, the, I'll, I'll, I'll back off. The, the only but, team coming into the season with, any, with a win streak, an actual win streak in the Big – well, not including the others, but off of last season in the Big 12 – is Texas Tech, and they won 40 in the season. 
West Virginia is the only other one that ended the, and, and that was, that's just the one. That was a meaningless game. That was meaningless and all that. But Texas Tech's the only one that's got a, a effectively a win streak coming into the season. That's shocking. Now, obviously, with the caveat of TCU made it to the national title game and lost, and then got obliterated. Uh, but they they made it there. Um, and then Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, or three, four, four, two. On losing streaks coming into the season, so I know, let's mention. Oh, I, like, right, I know that that doesn't perfectly translate, but there's a still things it can't that can't be ignored. That, that yeah, that did happen. Well, okay, can it though? Because with the amount of roster turnover now, the transfer portal can mm-hmm. do. Do you ignore that now? A little bit, but it's still like from a. If you've got the same coaching staff, then there's also something to be said there. Well. Especially in the the case of the old adage of coaches lose games, players win games. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but in, in, in with the the high turnover of players in general, it it those streaks all the the mean uh, the meaning of those streaks are dampened a bit for sure. That, that's fair. That's that's fair. Let's talk about the newcomers here while we're here. Uh, as this has turned into basically a day 12 preview, uh, even though I'm fine with that. Um, <clears throat> UCF voted eighth, and then BYU 11, 12, Houston 13, Cincinnati, West Virginia, of course, bring up the rear in number 14 spot. So I, I don't want to go to, I'm not going to ask you to go like one by one, but in general, do you think where those teams are ranked is fair for them being so to this? Remember, only. Uh, Cincinnati has played any kind of like uh, power conference football and that was in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it's fair to, for them to be lumped more into the mid or bottom simply because they're coming into an entirely new uh, situation with an entirely different gameplay of a conference. Um but I, I I would not be surprised if they uh, surpass those expectations. Of all the schools to do that, who are you most confident in surpassing expectations hmm. of four? As much as I hate to say it, I might actually go with Houston because he knows how this conference go- goes. And, and- that is a very low bar. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a very low bar, but he's the, he's coming in with plenty of experience playing most of these guys. Um, and, uh, uh, do I think he's going to go blow the, blow things out of the water? No, but I think it's going to be, I I think it's going to be much higher than the 12th. Let's let's go to the schedule real quick because I love playing the schedule game. You know that. Their first game is against UTSA. They'll probably win that game, though. I think UTSA will make it closer than most people probably think it will be. <clears throat> At Rice, sneaky good, sneaky good game. Rice really came on the scene last year. Mm-hmm. Not the Power Five team, obviously, but they they really did. 
fairly well for themselves last year. So don't count Rice out. TCU at home, forget it. You're not beating TCU. Sam Houston, you should probably beat Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Texas Tech, no. <clears throat> uh, West Virginia. This game is both Hispanic Carriers Night and it's also a blackout. God help West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Texas, you you should not beat Texas, and quite frankly, I hope you both lose. <laughs> yeah, it's one. Of, it's definitely a game where you look at and say, "I'd be I'd be happier if everyone lost." Yeah, at Kansas State, forget it. No, at Baylor, they can probably steal that game. Cincinnati, winnable. Oklahoma State. Probably not winnable, even though it's at home in senior day. And then at UCF, I would give that edge to UCF. You're looking at four or five wins. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's, that's, should, that should get you to be around like what? They would pick 12. Yeah. If you go five and seven, four and eight, that should get you 12. It should. Maybe. And, yeah. It should at least 12. Yeah. You definitely aren't. On at the bottom at, at with four and eight, um, and now we get to go to UCF because that's who I would pick to do it. Uh, <clears throat> they are playing right now. UCF is up fourteen three on Kent State, but after this, their schedule goes as follows: they go to Boise State, and they'll probably win that game. Then they have Villanova; they'll win that game. Then they go to Kansas State; they will not win that game. Then they have Baylor. They should win that game. I, I would think they win that game. At Kansas, that's a toss-up to me. I think that's going to be a sneaky good game. <clears throat> that's, that's one of those games where it probably won't get a ton of – I don't think either team will be ranked at that point, but it should get some, it, it should get some attention. Mm-hmm. By weekend in Oklahoma, probably not beating LU, but also wouldn't be shocked if the game was close. They're hosting West Virginia for homecoming. Why does West Virginia get homecoming and blackouts and stuff and whiteouts? This is not a team you waste that on. But homecoming actually is strictly against the weaker school. So I guess it it makes (laughs) sense. But the blackouts and the whiteouts, what the? Well, actually, okay. Houston actually kind of explains it because Holgerson. But Penn State, really? Really? Yeah. Um, Don't you have Ohio State and Michigan at home this year? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they should beat West Virginia. They should beat Cincinnati. Uh, Oklahoma State at home, maybe. Texas Tech tossed up. Houston should probably win that game. So UCF can be right around that. There's, there's a few games that could swing either way. Mm-hmm. So I would pick UCF if I had to pick. And then the last question here in our Big 12 uh, preview that kind of turned into one. Where does West Virginia finish the Big 12? They pick last. They finish last. I'm frankly not expecting anything more. I, I, I'm going to, to take my old uh, uh, test-taking uh, strategy, or rather post-test-taking strategy into account here and say that I probably did eh, B range, so that way when I get an A, I'm very happy with myself and it inflates my ego. Uh, and in this case, I will say 
they'll probably finishing dead last. So if they even finish 13th, I will be happy. <laughs> because I don't expect them to do anything this year. I yeah, really if they, don't. If they, if they finish 13th, we also know that something else is happening too. Yeah. They're writing a check for how much money Neil Brown has on his contract list. Mm-hmm. And telling him to beat it. Um, so I, I genuinely, genuinely would not be surprised if they are dead last. I, because I I don't I don't believe Neil Brown has a uh, knows a, at all what he's doing in this conference. Is it man? Does it feel like that game against Cincinnati like in November? Does that does that feel like it's the thirteenth place game? Probably. It very well could be. <laughs> Cincinnati's picked thirteenth, so right there. <sighs> I, I, I hate to agree, but I can't really just well actually I won't say they'll finish uh they'll finish fourteenth. I'll say they'll finish like twelfth for the simple fact mm. of I don't know what BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati are gonna do. I'm fairly confident I know what S a UCF's gonna do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about the other three and until I have at least some kind of the read on that, I can't put West Virginia below them yet. That's fair. But I also can change my mind by the end of September. So get back to me on October 1. <laughs> now, let's talk about something that was is truly bizarre. And that is that the ACC is reportedly going to vote this week, if they haven't already, on adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Which would take the Pac-12 down to the Pac-2 would just be Washington State and Oregon State, in which case the Mountain West will be back in for both. Uh, Cal and Stanford are reportedly, and again, this is all reportedly, you know, it's official yet, uh, going to get TV money, but SMU will forgo the TV money for the first seven to nine years of the contract. But the thinking being that the boosters of the university will make up that money. Now, I know what I think of this. I'm going to know what you think of this. If I'm a booster, I'm telling you to shove it. Uh, simple as that. Um, there is, to me, I don't see a single reason to tone down that money. And let's also t- think about this. In, in the You said seven to nine years. It's been about nine, ten years since the last conference we woke like conference massive, you know, shakeup. So you're basically telling me until the the probable next conference shakeup, you're gonna just take zero money. What is wrong with you? I I heard. Oh, sorry. I, I'm just that's flabbergasting to me. That when we we used we every time especially me, will sit there and go, I don't know why people are doing this outside of the only obvious answer, money. And the answer is basically money. This doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever because the answer is clearly not money. <laughs> well, it is. It's just not this money. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this explained <clears throat> as a response to this. And it really, at first it made sense. And at the same time I thought about it and I went, it doesn't add up. So, <clears throat> SMU was in a major conference before they had the death penalty put on in the, 19- in the 80s. I think it was the late 70s and the 80s. I forget mm-hmm. which one it was. It's on the Pony Express. 
Uh, and since then, they've been dying to get into a major conference. Well, this is their one chance because the SEC doesn't need them and doesn't want them. The Big Ten is too stuck <laughs> up to want them. The Pac-12 is dead. So it's and the Big Twelve doesn't really. The Big Twelve is good. It doesn't need you. Doesn't want you. The ACC needs to find a way to shut Florida State and Clemson <clears> up <throat> about leaving. And the only way it can go and renegotiate its TV contracts to get new people is to get new TV markets in. You're going to get Cal and Stanford. That's with the ACC academics. You get the Bay Area, uh, and then you get the Dallas area for SMU. That's a big get in the TV markets. So that's why the ACC is wanting this. Uh, and but here's the thing. Didn't you say the ACC was around thirty or thirty-five million a school right now? That was around the number, yes, that I okay. recall uh, looking up. We'll call thirty-five. We'll use the high number here. We'll just we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I would venture to say you have to get to about forty-five or fifty million dollars to make eight to make Clemson and FSU happy enough to stay in the in the league. When when you probably yeah. Okay, so let's just go with 50. Let's just, we'll use round numbers here today. Uh, to ask your boosters to fill a $50 million gap, yes, I know what, for the most part, their boosters' businesses are. Businesses are. Oil. It's Texas, right? It's oil money. But $50 million is still $50 million. That's a lot of money. And not only that, but as, as the explanation I, I saw went into this, basically they're looking at it and going, if we win the ACC, we get the college football playoff money and we get the exposure that comes with that. We get to go back to being what we were. And I, on the surface, that makes sense. And then you think about it and you go, the entirety of the ACC has this $50 million <clears throat> plus what their boosters are giving them. And you only have what your boosters are giving you. You are without fifty million dollars of school. I I want to know that is a problem. I don't know what the if you can even find the numbers, but I want to know like how much they pull in a year, just right off the bat from boosters. I don't even know how to. I don't even what would I, I even look up? <laughs> I, yeah, other than how much do they get from boosters? And the only thing I'm seeing is NIL money. And I'm like, I, that doesn't really answer the question. That's, that's kind of a different uh, uh, pony here. Ha, ha, pun intended. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that number would be public. But... Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is on Reddit, so make of this what you will. <laughs> make of this what you will. First thing that came up. This is from a Twitter account called uh, YouTube The Monty Show. Spoke with an SMU booster today who tells me there is a group of donors willing to give SMU $200 million over the next five <clears> seasons <throat> to compensate for the lack of distribution in the ACC. The donors believe SMU is in a now or never situation to, for entry into a Power 5 conference. Jeez. So 200 mil is the number. But like, that's also over the course of however long. That's yeah, still, you're that's, still missing out on money here. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, obviously, it's a no brainer for, for the ACC because you don't got to dose out that extra money. But 
it, it's still like you're banking on on people to funnel more money to you when you could just take some money from the ACC. But if that's if that's the only thing, like if they, like I, I feel like the ACC. I feel like they wouldn't or they wouldn't not give them money, but obviously they would definitely would not be giving them that much money. Um, Here's a Yahoo article. goes into detail <clears throat> a little bit. How big is the loss? Okay. In 2023, the ACC's current 14 members are expected to earn about $36 million in media rights money. That uh, falls far behind the Big Ten and the SEC, which are both in the upper $50 million range. SME has truly figured out its place in the world and lost and its value to the ACC. The conference's deal runs with ESPN for 2036. If the ACC adds any members, the ESPN must pay the, must pay the league an additional $24 million per expansion team. Hmm. Okay, so if SME is going to get an equal share, then it will be a non-starter since every school would receive less from ESPN. However, by adding SME for free, the Southern schools would have $24 million split amongst themselves. The ACC is already expected to bring in Cal and Stanford in a cut by maybe $30 million a year, uh, maybe 30%, rather, meaning the, AC, meaning the ESPN will pay the league $72 million more per year, but the current members only get about $55 million of that. And this is all being done to appease Florida State and Clemson. So, yeah, I, I still don't get what what the I, I, I understand it, and it's a like no-brainer for the ACC, but I still am really not getting what, like, what, why. But at the same time, I really don't feel like this is a competitive move. This is more of a, I cannot stand to have my have a university in Texas that used to be great not be in a power conference anymore. And I'm sick and tired of it, and I know mm-hmm. if I don't do it now, I'll never get another chance. Yeah. It is purely ego and nothing competitive about it. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I agree there. Because so I'm looking through – now, this is a – the the website's called Awful Announcing, but it cites Yahoo columnist Dan Wetzel, Awful, whose name Awful I Announcing is a really good uh, yeah. broadcasting website. It's reputable. All right, well, I'll take it. All I see is I I recognize Dan Wetzel, the name, but being mm. referenced, and I'm like, okay, well, at least that one I know and, and have seen things from him. Like he, apparently, for what he's he knows is that SMU apparently already knows that they're. <laughs> Rich boy alums are gonna uh, will cover the cost, and that money to them isn't an issue. So it kind of rolls into your, or it definitely rolls into your thing that it's they just want to be in a big in the Power Five conferences, like and that's it. Like they just want to say that they're there because <laughs> you won't win it. I mean, I'm guessing you, 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 they will not win the ACC. As long as Florida State and Clemson are in there, which is the entire reason this is being done to satisfy them, mm-hmm. SMU will not get a sniff of that of that trophy. I'll, I'll I will go on record and guarantee that right now. For the entire length of this, no money, no TV money. SMU will not play for an ACC championship. Mark it down right now. 
Not happening. I can't disagree there. Now, speaking of not happening, what I'm about to tell you is one of those things that you would not think would happen until it actually did. Nebraska held a volleyball. It it wasn't just one solitary match. It was uh, four schools from Nebraska, like the University of Nebraska, University of Nebraska at Kearney, uh, or Kearney, I think is what's called. I say Kearney. There's a virtual real fan camera on the Union Pacific main line there. That's why I know that that town. Uh, Four-track main line. Great. Um, But... And then the University of Nebraska, like Omaha, and then another school that I don't, I don't recognize off my head. They were playing like a, like a volleyball. You know how volleyball tournaments, uh, like that trip is not just one, just the other. There's multiple teams that come. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. <clears throat> then there was also a concert after it, apparently. So it was a whole extravaganza. It was like a whole volleyball day thing. But still, really, really cool. They did. And they packed... 92,003 people into the football stadium at Nebraska for a volleyball game. How cool is that? It is the highest attended women's sporting event ever. Ever. One women's World Cup more than any women's Olympic sport. A college volleyball game in Lincoln, Nebraska. How cool is that? Absolutely wild. Um, And Props to them. I mean, that's it's it's just mind blowing, honestly. Yeah, it really is. But you know what? I love seeing "quote unquote" minor or smaller sports getting this kind of spotlight. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. These these ladies are working out there just as hard, if not harder, than the football team, and they deserve every ounce of recognition they possibly can get. At not just in Nebraska, but at every sport in every school. I agree. At every level. I mean, it's it's things like that 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 it's like that. The perfect example being the Mountaineer cricket team being like back to back national champions. It, it it's just these things. It gives you things to to rally behind, mm-hmm. and also just. It, 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 any more reason to give any of them more exposure because obviously cricket is big somewhere everywhere but the US. <laughs> everywhere but, yeah um my my cultural ignorance showing um but it's 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 just it's just cool they're just cool things to see absolutely are. And even though I didn't announce it such, that is where I learned this week. So I guess it's now up to you. Hmm. Did I learn this week? Did you actually learn anything this week, or did you just pass off and give everyone else your knowledge? <laughs> um. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I let me bring it back open because I did. Uh, I shared it. I think actually this morning. Uh, oh my god. Let me find no yesterday. It was a it was a paper in science, uh the actual journal science, um that I saw. It came out in June. 
And it basically, uh, so it's a paper on ticks. Hmm. Uh, and it suggests that they rely on uh, electrical charges, basically static electricity, that... That, so that was real. I thought that yep. was just a. I nope. that was just nope. a joke that you were it, posting. Nope, it was an act. It's an actual thing. Yep. Hmm. So, how ticks quest, and this is what, and that's what it's called, questing. How they uh, uh, find their meals, basically, is that generally they will climb up to blades of grass and they will basically cl- uh, go up on their hind legs and just kind of, hey, l- latch on. Hey, like hey. Hey, hey, you. <laughs> and just as something comes across, be it a small animal, owl feet, a deer, they they latch on and just pretty much like a like a brush and it just latches on to the to the hair or to the fibers of the clothes or something. Um, and there are uh Part of what helps them do that is apparently static electricity. Uh, huh. Because they, they don't jump and they can't fly and anything of that sort. So they, 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 they need some help, basically. Uh, but the study suggests that they, ride, they effectively ride on the charged air, the static electricity being uh, generated, even at small amounts, you know, for them, it, from how small they... They are obviously don't, wouldn't take much, and uh, and it helps them uh, uh, cross gaps up to four times their body length. So effectively, they can very briefly fly with with static electricity. Well, you heard it when ticks fly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that is I I really. I saw it last yesterday, last night when I was coming back from Grafton. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, but I, I really thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> uh, I've seen you do stuff like that before. It's not entirely out of the possibility that you would do that. This is this is true, yes. And so I'm like, okay, it's just he's he's this he's he's BSing, it's it's funny, but it's a joke I won't get, so I'm not gonna bother. And now I'm like, man, I kinda wish I'd read that now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's just an interesting piece, like uh, that someone decided. You know what? We're gonna just see how they respond to static electricity. You know that was <laughs> just some like two bored scientists. Like, I wonder what would happen. You yeah. know that's where that started. Uh, the more impressive thing is someone funded that. Oh, yeah, someone that looked at that true. and said, "You are going to do what to ticks?" <laughs> Let me. I think my checkbook out real quick. Let me just go ahead and yeah, how much you need. Okay, but uh, okay, you just gotta fill this out. Uh, so I wonder yeah. how much that costs. Uh, oof. Uh, well, I don't know. Go find out. Not now, but the to, to I, this might put it into some perspective for the, some of the stuff that. Um, our big grant money uh, uh, professors would bring in at, uh, in the biology department. Uh, Dr. Daly is one of them. He's probably the most successful grant writer that department's probably ever seen. He brings in millions on the regular. And I mean that literally. Um, like, 
I think this was, this was while I was in undergrad. He got something like a, a close to a million, a million dollar grant or something along those lines from the Air Force to train moths to sniff bombs. What? Yeah. So uh, probably much less than that. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> I would hope you're not even crossing into like triple figure, uh, six digits. Yeah. You see where you'll find. I'll, I'll find that and and uh, back share back. share it with you. That way you can see it. Yeah. Also, it was so weird. Uh, my friend Austin and I went to Grafton to watch trains. That's actually why I couldn't do it last night. I knew we'd be coming back late. And I'm like, there's no way I'll be back in time. <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and get ahead of it. But we were standing on the on a bridge next to um, over the top of the Grafton yard watching the trains move back and forth. And I think I have it on video. I think. I, 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 sometimes I listen to the recording. I think I do it, but sometimes I, I don't. But uh, I know Austin does. He told me he did. Um, we're just standing there minding our own business. Next we know there's a huge boom. Almost like a sonic boom or an explosion. I thought it was an explosion up on a mountain at first. But I looked and there was no smoke. I was like, wait. What? There was nothing. But here's what's, the, here's what's really weird about it, though. <clears throat> on, if you've ever been to Grafton, West Virginia, you've got the railroad at the very bottom of like, the valley. Then up on the mountain, the town is built inside the mountain, pretty much. On the street nearest to the railroad, the light, the power was out. The the traffic lights were out. Forget it. But then when you went on the up, like up the up the mountain to the next, like where all the uh, shops and the gas stations are, everything was fine. You'd never know anything happened. Huh? That was so weird. It may, it may have been a sonic boom, but it was really, it startled us, because I was like, wait, what? And then once we heard that, we're like, yeah, we want to go find somewhere else to be, not here. So, we, we went and found another spot, but it was really just a really weird circumstance. I have, never, I have yet to find any information in a newspaper article or on a news website or anything about it. I guess it was sonic boom, but at the same time, like, it was weird. Yeah. It was really, really weird. And my point is, the what I learned this week is how easily I get scared. <laughs> but then again, if you're just standing there minding your own business and the next thing you know, you hear this massive boom, I'm pretty sure you get scared too. At least I'd hope you would. Otherwise, I'd just like, okay, come with me to the, come to the crazy house. Yeah. And with that, barring nothing else, I think that's our show. I think so. Well, we'll talk about West Virginia's obliteration of the hands of Penn State next week. We'll talk about the Patriots against the Philadelphia Eagles as the season opens up. Next week, the Patriots will have hashtag Tommy in town for his honor being honored after retiring from the NFL for real this time. <laughs> for real. So Brady will be in town, the Eagles will be in town, and West Virginia will play a home game against Duquesne. So we'll see how that goes. We will talk, as I said, we'll talk Penn State, we'll talk Duquesne, we'll talk Pats, Eagles, 
we'll draw that next week and anything else that comes up in this wild and crazy thing that is football. Football season is back. The high school started last week. There are high there are college games as we speak tonight going on right now. And then the NFL kicks off in one week against the the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions as the Chiefs raise the banner from the Super Bowl last year. Football season is here, Dan. We've made it. That we have made it. It's the best time of the year. Now until pretty much February. It's fantastic. Can't wait to get started with you. We'll be back next week to discuss it all on the Scientific Negotiation Podcast. For Darren, I'm Lucas. Thank you so much for listening. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody.